Welcome to day 326 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matthew Kresge and Cindy Kemp. We continue our journey into the Gospel of John. And of course, Jesus has come into the city of Jerusalem. He's come in in a very humble way, riding on a, a colt as predicted in the Old Testament. A very deliberate move on Jesus' part, presenting himself as the King of Israel. And of course, uh, people in the crowd responding to him as a King of Israel, they reach deep into uh, you know, their liturgy, their ancient hymn book, the Psalms, and they pull out coronation songs, and uh, they begin to hail Jesus as the coming king, you know, of Israel. And at the same time, the leaders of Jerusalem are concerned, you know, that they would have a king this humble and a king, you know, that looks like this. And so you feel the tension mounting as we move toward the cross. So we come in at the second half of chapter 12, but before we read, as always, let's offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord, especially as we uh, go into these moving passages where we realize that uh, and He was crushed for our iniquities mm-hmm. and uh, the burden, you know, the the, uh, the stripes which He was hit for our healing. Uh, so, Cindy, before we uh, before we read, why don't you offer a word of prayer? Sure. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for um, where you meet us, um, Father, in your word. And we thank you, Father, for the incredible life and story of um, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Father, thank you that uh, he was this uh, amazing, humble servant who willingly laid down his life, who loved you and who loved us, Father, and who bridged a gap that we might know you um, and have a relationship with you. So be with us as we look at your word. Teach us, Father, from this, and uh, may we move about from it unchanged as a result. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 12, verse 20. Now there are some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. For whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Know it's for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it, it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. But Jesus said, The voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We've heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of the light. 
When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and he hid himself from them. Even after Jesus performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at that same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I've come into the world as a light, so that one who believes in me should not stay in darkness. If anyone hears my word, but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to the world uh, to, to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. A nice, um, nice moment in in the life of Jesus as uh, as the Greeks, you know, seek him out, and of course they pick the one disciple that has a Greek name, and they uh, go to him. And by and by Greeks, they're probably meaning, you know, uh, fellow Jews who grew up, you know, in in the regions of you know Greece and were more enculturated into Greece, and they wanted to come to Jesus, so they go to Philip, and Philip goes to Andrew, and, and Jesus' answer is a little bit enigmatic it's almost like he's ignored the question that they want to see him but he's actually talking about the very way uh, that his life will touch even those who are at the farthest reaches you know of god's grace and, and of god's kingdom as well you have to love you know that question sir or sir we are to to philip sir we would like to see jesus you know that's kind of the question that every see all the time like pastors love to take that verse and put it on their sure. you know their pulpit and remind themselves you know the people want to see Jesus but what, what a yeah you you almost get just kind of right here you know the last time that you saw the Pharisees if mm-hmm. they want to see Jesus so they can trap him and kill him and, and mm-hmm. cut this whole thing out you know now you have some people among the Greeks coming saying we would like to see Jesus we, we want to know what this is all about you know we, we've heard a lot of things there's stories circulating you know we, we would like to see Jesus and 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 then Jesus replies to them, "The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, and the glorification is is through death. And yet, it's through this death that, you know, the, the seed will will sprout. It'll produce many seeds. Um, and, and I just love Jesus' teaching. It, it always seems to be like, well, what's he actually saying? What's he doing? Because mm-hmm. you have times where he says, "I've come that you may have life and have it to the full." And here he says, "The only way to experience life is to hate your life." You know, you're thinking. Jesus, where, where are you headed with all this? You know, no, there is, you know, there is an upside down kingdom. Yeah. You know, our usually our instincts, you know, are, are, are quite the opposite of, of, you know, the the biblical instincts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, our thought is, you know, the the more we grab for life, the more we will experiencing it. And and Jesus saying, the more we let go of our life, mm-hmm. uh, the more we will experience yeah. it. And of course, it's the the contrast that you see. You know, in the Gospels, between two loves, you can you can love this world, or or you can love 
uh, you, know, you can love God, but the two are in competition you know, with him. And so, you know, John will later write, you know, in one of his little letters, oh, do not love the world or anything in the world, for whoever loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the eyes, the uh, boastful pride of life, the lust of flesh, those things don't come from the Father, they come from the world. And uh, they, they lead to a different, you know, kind of life mm-hmm. altogether. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a nice, it's a, it's a hard contrast, mm-hmm. but it, it is the way, you know, the way to life. And the invitation of discipleship. Yeah. A lot of times we think, you know, just pray this prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's all there is to it. But it's abandon yourself to this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that is, you know, that is the call of discipleship. And you begin to see just how big this is, the building up is, is coming. Because in 27, he says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? And he says, Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And I can't think of anything that would show more, you know, submission, humility, and and serv- servitude, if you will, than, you know, kind of surrendering his life in this hour. But yet he knew everything about his life was coming to this this moment and this is now there, big. And, and, and also you know a lot of times we just you know kind of think of you know as jesus as someone who is you know just kind of dispassionately disconnected you know from the cross and no big deal mm-hmm. and i grew up there but even even the thought of the cross troubled him yeah. you know deeply and, and of course his first thought here is the you know the, the thought that we see in the garden you know father Really, I'd prefer not to go through this hour, but I'd rather do your will than my will and for you to be glorified. And what a you know nice moment. Uh, you know, when you know, the prayer of surrender here is, uh, you know, Father, glorify yourself. And, uh, and glorify me in you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a voice from heaven saying, I, I have and I will. Yeah. And, and that's a beautiful, a beautiful portrait. I kind of like that exchange and just how comforting those words. I almost feel like they would have been to Jesus's ears too. You know, to hear the Father respond to him like that. And yet he says, "It wasn't for, me. for me. It wasn't for me. It's for you. For That's you so guys. true. But, uh, you, yeah. you, you know, I, uh, Jesus was already convinced of what the Father was doing and how the Father, you know, how the Father would do. Yeah. It. Yeah. But for the sake of the disciples, this and, and really, the disciples needed to see this because. What was about to happen appears to be everything but a, you know, a gospel of glory. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's actually a you know a gospel of suffering, uh, you know, that's ahead of him. But in his suffering, God mm-hmm. is glorifying His Son, and His Son is glorifying Him. And of course, we have hope, and because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this passage, I mean, just captures so well the horror of the cross and the. The glory of the cross, all in one, you know, or mm-hmm. the exaltation of Jesus through His suffering and, mm-hmm. you know, through the humiliation, where He knows what lies ahead of me troubles my soul, and yet at the same time, what lies ahead of me is glorious, and that when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I will glorify the Father; that He will be glorified through me. And I mean, you have to love. I, I just that tension. You know, mm-hmm. it's, this isn't something where. It's catching Jesus by surprise. He he knows exactly what's coming. He knows what he's come to do, and and he knows that through what's about to occur, the cross, that will be the way he will accomplish salvation. And mm-hmm. and just that language of you know, I, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Who is the Son of Man? You know, wh- what are you claiming here? And, mm-hmm. Well, doesn't you in the scripture say that Messiah, when he comes, he'll he'll reign forever? 
And, and of course, his reign will be a forever reign that comes through his resurrection and exaltation. Uh, but uh, first he suffers. And I, mm-hmm. I love the language, you know, when I am lifted up, I will draw people to me. It's not, you know, people will see, you know, what has happened and come to a conclusion. So through what is happening to me, I will work in your heart and life to bring you into a relationship yeah. You know, with me, so you see the sovereignty of God, but it's it's not simply you know the sovereignty of God and moving moving us toward Him. It's the love of God and drawing us into Him. Mm-hmm. And, and the language, you know, the language is very very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I also love you know this is kind of the third guide now that John's given us when we get to Isaiah, and it says Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about Him. You know, so he's already told the people, you know, if you believed in Moses, you'd believe in me. Abraham saw my day and greatly rejoiced. And now here it's, you know, you have, mm-hmm. you have kind of these heroes of the faith. You have Abraham and Moses and, and now Isaiah. And he's saying, a- Isaiah even, you know, through what he prophesied, mm-hmm. saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. How are you guys, how are, how are we missing it? And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, same for me. I, I can read this and read all the promises of Scripture and, and still so miss so much of yeah. it. And, of course, Isaiah answers, you know, that question. And he's building on, you know, the very beginning of the gospel, you know, in him was life, and the life was light of men. And even though he was in the world, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, his own did not receive him. Mm-hmm. Yet to everyone who did receive him, he, he gave the power to become, you know, children, you know, children of God. And, and Isaiah said, their, their eyes are blind, their ears are, uh, and, uh, and if they weren't, they would turn and they would receive, you know, healing. And so God is mm-hmm. uh, in his redemption their rejection of God, they are becoming harder and harder and they're putting themselves in a position where they, they cannot know yeah. him. Well, even, I mean, Jesus' words in verse 35 where it says, you're going to have the light just a little bit longer, you know, walk in the light before darkness overtakes you. You have to wonder if he, in the back of his mind, you know, being shaped by the Old Testament as well, if he doesn't have that prophecy from Isaiah, you know, behold, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You know, and, and this now con- this call to them: the light is mm-hmm. amongst you. You know, are you gonna mm-hmm. walk in the light or continue to walk in the darkness? A huge theme in John: darkness and light. Yeah. And 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 he'll even mention certain events happening, you know, at night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as as part of that. But it is the, the you know the image, and of course, uh, the light is Jesus is here. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is appealing to them. Uh, darkness is about to have its moment. You know, as he is hung on the cross. But he's also told us have come into the world for judgment, and uh, the judgment, the heart of the judgment, is judging. You know, the the enemy, the one who opposes us all, and uh, through the cross, he is judged, and through the cross, our sins are judged in him. Mm-hmm. But a great comfort in knowing that anyone who believes in him will not stay in darkness. So, and exactly. Uh, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the grace that we do have in Christ Jesus. And, and Father, we do. We believe, um, and, and along with um, a brother in Scripture, help our unbelief. There's times where we, we falter, um, we struggle to, to fully believe or to believe it all. And, and so we thank you for the, the grace um, that keeps that, that spark alive. And, and, Father, we ask that you would um, continue to help us to, to believe all of these promises, to walk in light, um, to reject darkness, to set our eyes on, on Jesus. Uh, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for time in it, the reminder that, that Jesus, you indeed draw all men to yourself. 
through your your work on the cross and, and so father would you um would you do that would you draw us um to jesus would you would you draw um friends and family and and, and those we know um to jesus that we may believe we may have life uh, we love you it's in christ's name we pray Amen.